Hey, Miles. Hello, Nerlin. How you doing tonight? Um, I'm doing good. Not as good as I was at about 11 uh, a.m. this uh, this this morning. Uh, how are you doing? Do you mean 10:59? 10 10 yeah. yeah. How are you? How are you? Uh, you know, Miles. I'm ready to talk about the biggest story, the biggest story in all of sports lately, because I feel invigorated. I feel alive. I feel excited. I feel like I'm ready to go. I feel so many emotions right now. Colors certainly are brighter, and you know what? If it wasn't, this is this is just a win for everybody because Nolan and I weren't going to do an episode this week um, with you know the two poopy games and the All Star break and everything like that, and and our and our personal busy schedules. We were considering just taking the week off. You know, I was going to actually this morning make a little graphic for for the Instagram and Twitter that said, "No episode this week, folks. Uh, see see you next week for a regularly scheduled episode." And then a Christmas gift, uh, a, a stork dropped a beautiful package off on Twitter for us as Oilers fans. And it gave us the reason for the season. Nolan, tell me what happened. The biggest thing in sports happened. James Harden is a 76er. Oh my God, I can't believe it. Who can, who can, uh, no. We all know what you want to hear. And you know what, Miles? I've 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 prepped myself because we just have and and you know what? Some people may call us assholes for this, but you know what? I'm 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 dressed for the occasion. I'm a fucking prick right now. I look like an absolute douchebag. And you know what? Uh, what? I have a little I have a little ceremony planned, okay? Yeah. Let's just watch. Okay. That's one thing. This is so extra. I was going to burn my fucking hand. Buddy, you got to learn how to light a candle. I'm trying to do it on camera, you dick. Okay. All right. And just watch me. Got to pour one out for our old pal Dave Tippett. <laughs> you will not be missed, sir. Well, I know that was kind of anticlimactic, and I'm sorry, but yeah, the day has Davis, finally come. Davis Tippis has been Davis fired, Tippis. fired by the Edmonton Oilers, and his daughter's thoughty Instagram is the only reminder that we have of his time in the city. And you know, this is just this is um, a day full of emotion. Needless to say. Um, I was I was not I was not doing too well earlier today. I was I was not feeling great about about hockey in general and just um, everything kind of going on in the landscape. But um, yeah, at about eleven a.m. today, got the uh, 10.59, You mean? Well, ten fifty nine was before we knew. So I mean, I'm living I'm living in the present. You're living in the past, my friend. But Thank you so much. <laughs> but. No, this is this is exciting. This is an interesting day. Um, Miles, do we want to get right into the actual uh, 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 see you later to our pal uh, there? Well, our friend David Tippett getting the little snippet. 
You know what, Nolan? I think I think we'll we'll do things the, the old-fashioned way here and let the folks at home know what the game plan is for today's super quick episode. Um, I say super quick, and it's probably still going to end up being an hour and 45 minutes. We're going to quickly review the past two games uh, from this week post-All-Star break, and then we are going to get into a discussion about the man of the hour, Mr. Davis Tippis, and the new man. Going forward, Mr. Jay Woodcroft, we will then get into a quick discussion of just a couple NHL items and then get you out of here quick and dirty. But Nolan, with that out of the way, would I be able to do the recap for the game against the Vegas Golden Knights? Absolutely. So this game I have titled uh, Bro Swat Teal Seal Teal. Oh, fuck. Bro Swat. (laughs) (laughs) Shut up. Bro Swat, SEAL Team 6, the 4-0 loss to the Vegas Golden Knights on February 8th. And we are calling it Bro Swat, SEAL Team 6, because former Edmonton Oiler, Laurent Brossois, came into town and had a 28-save oh, shutout. And uh, he's not only hot, but successful in Vegas. So we're proud of the Frenchest name to come out of Port Alberni, BC, ever. Uh, so, Nolan, not a whole lot to this game that really needs to be discussed. Brett Howden scores at the halfway mark of the first period to make it one nothing Knights. Uh, and that was the game-winning goal uh, because it ended up being 4 nothing. William Carlson is hot, and he also scored in the first period. 2 nothing Knights. Uh, Alex Pedrangelo scores in the second period. Congratulations on 500 career points to Alex Pedrangelo. And in the third frame, Riley Smith scored. Checks notes 14 seconds into the frame. That was all she wrote. Four nothing for Vegas. Uh, pretty uninventful game overall from the Oilers. Pretty uninspired game overall from the Oilers. It was a twenty-eight to twenty-eight shot count. Oilers were zero for three on the power play. They had thirty-six hits to a measly twelve from those soft Golden Knights, and it was fifty-three percent to forty-seven percent for faceoffs in Vegas's favor. Now. Again, I don't want to talk a whole lot about this game, but the one thing that needs to be said, Jack Eichel is on the mend. Jack Eichel's coming back. This was a very important game for the Oilers to win because they are not going to get very many games against Vegas uh, before they get the full Eichel effect. And it would have been nice to see something a little bit better happen there at home right after the All-Star break. So tough bounce, but away she goes. 4 nothing loss. And then Nolan, the next night, your favorite team, comes into town. The Chicago Blackhawks come so, to Rogers. I was originally gonna call I was originally gonna call uh the 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 first game stink and then this one was gonna be called double stink. But I, I love your name. I love your name for the first one way more. So thank you, Miles. But this is still double stink. Uh which was a four one loss to Chicago Blackhawks. And ideally, what would you do when you are playing a back-to-back where you played your 39-year-old starter who was just coming off of an injury who's already pretty injury-prone? What would you naturally do on a back-to-back? Am I am I normal or am I a, an insane person? Uh, let me know the insane person. Um, I'd start him. i smash the start. Because... God forbid the Oilers have a normal head coach, right? Uh, well, that's exactly what happened. Uh, Dave Tippett decided to play Michael Smith again. And uh, first four shots, guess what? Two goals, bang. And uh, yeah, there's not much else to say about this game. That sunk the team. After a pretty nice little second period, um, Alex the Brink Cat scored 144 into the <laughs> game. Well, you got that. Uh, Brandon Hagel from Saskatoon scores 247 into the period. So like it just, just, just right, right back to back. 
Um, and what was funny is that the crowd cheered after Mike Smith had his first save, um, which is just, that's just a sign of great things to come. Did you see how I wrote Alex, Alex's name? Al, Al, Alex the Brink Cat, yes. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, luckily, Oilers get a very gritty power play goal from Leon Dreisaitl, his first since early January. It's been a long-ass time from assists from Evander Kane and Connor McDavid. Evander Kane, actually, um, on that goal, just really getting getting in the grill of 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 our of our boy Math Mark Andre Fleury, and uh, after a really good second period for the Oilers where they looked really good, uh, a minute eight into the third, uh, well, Ryan's brother Dylan Strom decides that he's gonna make it three one. Thanks, Dylan. On behalf of Connor McDavid, thank you. And uh, yeah, then Kirby soft wrist Doc. <laughs> <laughs> Scores, <laughs> scores a few minutes later, which, I mean, you're not coming back from 4-1 against the stinky Chicago Blackhawks. Oilers outshot 41 to 30, outshot the Blackhawks 41 to 30, won 60, 61% of the draws, out hit them, or were they, oh yeah, out hit them 20 to 14, but they just looked completely uninspired. Uh, the team... This is very clearly a game where the team is done with the head coach. And in Dave Tippett's final act, goes out with a loss. And so does the ceremonial candle that Nolan lit was a that, few minutes was, ago. Was that poetic? That was extremely poetic. Okay. Um, sorry to pat myself on the back and completely take the window to your sails. But uh, did you like soft wrists? I did. I that's did. that's funny. That's really funny. I was gonna call him silk wrists, but then I thought that that might be like me saying that he has like silky hands. So soft soft wrists is funnier. I I also think that when you say silk wrists, it sounds very close to slit wrists, and that's very de- yeah, that's v depressing. Crawling in my skin. Um, <laughs> anywho, uh, yeah. Yeah, it will be sweet when Peter Shirelli is the GM for the Blackhawks and he trades us Kirby Doc for like a third rounder and Tyson Berry. I'm still waiting. I can't wait. Uh, anyway, Nolan, so that was it. Two losses in a row, back to back nights, both at home. That sucks. Uh, last night in three separate group chats, I admitted defeat, said that the season was over, the Oilers were broken, and they should blow it up. Um, and then I went to bed. I woke up, gray skies. Not sure how to feel. And then the news dropped on February 10th at approximately 11 a.m. Eastern time per Darren reports that the Oilers had fired Dave Tippett and the firing of Jim Playfair, the head coach and one of the assistant coaches. Nolan. More specifically, uh, the 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 coach in charge of the defensive structure of the team, Jim Playfair, and the head coach, exactly. Yes, Fr- exactly. Uh, friend of the show, Jim Playfair. Dylan's dad. Um, yeah, yeah. Saw saw Jim Playfair at the elevator. Remember, it was like I it was a it was a classic like prison sequence from a movie where you go dead man walking, and that was me. I said to him, dead man walking. I'm just kidding. He was a very pleasant man. 
first and foremost, Miles, did you like that I called him per Darren? Yeah, dude, I love whenever when something is per Darren. Excellent. And I think, okay. I think this one actually was per Darren. This one was per Darren. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't have said it if it wasn't per Darren. So Darren is moving up the insider power rankings from not uh, from from the Heat Daddy. So shout out to uh, shout shout out shout out to Darren Drager. Nolan Davis Tippis finished off his tenure in Edmonton with a 95, 62, and 14 record. Last season, lost out in the first round of the playoffs, and the season before that, he lost out in the play-ins. So, some fair success in the regular season, um, and and horrible results in the playoffs. And finally, after a just horrendous skid the last two months, the Oilers finally decide to part ways. Uh, too little, too late, some might say, but I'm just happy that we are getting it at all. Yeah, and and luckily the team is still above 500, which is pretty miraculous considering the how the last couple months have gone. And with the schedule changes, the the the, the adaptions, the schedule, a lot of the games that are coming up in the back half of the season are divisional games, which is a huge opportunity to make up points because currently I believe the Oilers are beep boop beep five points back of the Flames for the last wild card spot, so they're certainly still uh, in the hunt to make. The playoffs. And to, to be honest, it, it's actually quite it, it's actually quite impressive because the first two seasons of Dave Tippett's tenure here were uh, coasting off of the uh, off of top two units in both the power play as well as the penalty kill in both years and absolutely putrid five on five play, unless you are not named Connor McDavid or Leon Dreisaitl. So it's. It's really incredible because this was the season where it all came crashing down. While you started off the season with a near 50% power play, when that starts to wear off... Um, the cracks in the armor are exposed. Yeah. And they currently have a, what, like the 23rd or 24th ranked penalty kill, which is just... Good job, Dave. Um, yeah, this is just... It was inevitable. It was inevitable, and it seemed, and and even down to last night, we still got the classic Dave Tippett thing. It still got the classic Dave Tippett tings, as we call it, because uh, Mike M- Michael Smith allows four goals on thirty shots, yeah, and yeah. what does our boy Dave Tippett say? Schmitty battled hard. Schmitty played hard because he's Canadian. Yeah, good Canadian kid. Our six-seven finish goaltender that's uh, tasked with having to take on uh, basically playing ninety percent of the games could have used a damn save, but uh, you know what can you do, right? Do you want to tell me the good news, Miles? I do want to tell you the good news, Nolan, because then after the announcement was made, the peanut gallery with Darren. Uh, so that's that what we're calling some of the other insiders, the peanut gallery. Yes, the peanut gallery. Yes, yes, yes. They announced that Mr. Jay Woodcroft and Mr. Dave Manson are taking over the head coaching and assistant defensive coaching roles, respectively, for your Edmonton Oilers on an interim basis. Miles, I have a, I have a secret for you. I don't, I don't know if you're, I don't know if you want to know it. I don't think this is going to be an interim basis. I think this is going to be the new permanent head coach of the Edmonton Oilers. I would uh, probably agree with you in that statement, but I, I'm glad that they are putting like an interim tag on it 
um, just, you know, because I like, you don't want to have like a knee jerk reaction or anything like that. And, and the pressure that would come with like a permanent coaching position, but um, he's been the heir apparent for quite a while. And I don't, you know, if, if you've listened to this show before, you know, our feelings on Jay Woodcroft. And if you haven't listened to the show before, you're about to hear our opinions on Jay Woodcroft and they're all highly positive. So anybody yeah. that, anybody that follows the Oilers kind of was expecting this to be the natural progression. Yeah. And we're, we're stoked about it. Absolutely yeah. stoked about it. Start, uh, start off with a little foreplay before, uh, before you put it in. Right. Uh, so <laughs> Yeah. Happy Valentine's Day. <laughs> this is a special Valentine's Day episode of One for One, sponsored by uh, Dick Wipes. Uh, Jay Woodcroft started off as a video coach with Detroit in 2005 under Mike Babcock. Yay! Worked his way to being an assistant under Todd McClellan when he left for San Jose. Basically, Todd McClellan built his staff with the young Detroit crew, and they set their, set their course to San Jose. And then eventually following Todd McClellan to Edmonton and becoming the Bakersfield Bakersfield Condors head coach in 2018 after McClellan was fired and the team decided that they were going to keep Woodcroft in the basis of they were going to eventually groom him into being a head coach. Because while Jay Woodcroft, um, a lot of Oilers fans were, were, not, were not thrilled with him near the end of his tenure as an assistant coach because he was the one that was in charge of the power play. Um, just because you're bad on the power play doesn't mean you're necessarily a bad head coach. And from all accounts that we've seen under his tutelage in Bakersfield, I think we're in for a good one. Um, Woodcroft's AHL record, 197 games coached, so just shy of that 200-game mark, and had a 105, 70, 105 wins, 71 losses, and 21 overtime or shootout losses. Um, should also mention, too, that in 2018... Dave Manson did join Jay Woodcroft in Bakersfield. So this is a guy that has gone through ups and downs in the AHL, but mostly the ups and the reason being, and you can kind of see correlation between um, the team being good and the team being bad, because you can see in a lot of those seasons, he didn't have a lot to work with. He had to deal with because the Oilers had a God awful prospect pool, and they were playing guys like Brandon Manning on the top pair, um, which is not recipe for success. So I don't totally put that blame on him. But the the most important part about Jay Woodcroft was the development of young prospects and young assets. Um, notably, saw the development of multiple important players in, in the organization, such as Miles. Yes, Apollo Harvey. Thank you. Kyler Yamamoto, Tyler Benson, Ryan McLeod, Cooper Marodi, keep those guys in mind, Caleb Jones, Ethan Baird, <coughs> William Loggison, Stuart Skinner, and most recently, Philip Broberg, Dmitry Samarukov, Dylan Holloway, Raphael Lavoie, Marcus Niemelainen, and Philip Kemp, and Vincent DeHarnay. We're going to talk about him in a little bit. Oh, and a little guy named Evan Bouchard. Um... As per Leon Dreisaitl, he did not work with Leon Dreisaitl in the A. No, he was out. Dry was back in back in the big leagues before he got down to Bakersfield. Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't sure. I threw that in there because I was just curious. But even then, man, a lot of those names are extremely impressive. And you can see the fingerprints uh, of, of Jay Woodcroft all throughout this Oilers roster. A number of those names played or a, 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 a bunch of those players named are current stars and starters on this team. Um, so you've got a lot of tutelage and ability and just good grooming from from Mr. Woodcroft. So I think, Nolan, that a lot of these guys 
on this Oilers team are going to be really, really excited to have him back and to have him up in the NHL joining them in the big league club. But yeah, man, he's, he's a coach that preaches positivity and you can really tell that just from the interviews. And he's a guy that, that preaches positivity while also wanting buy-in from his most important players up and down the roster. Um, so, and, and you'll like, seriously, you watch an interview with this guy, you'll completely fall in love with him because he's, he just seems like a breath of fresh air. And I think that this is what this team needs. This team doesn't need this classic old school, hard nosed head coach. You need the, they need a guy that's going to come in and inspire them. And I think that's exactly what Jay Woodcroft is. Now, with the tough son of a bitch angle, enter Dave Manson, who himself was a tough asshole to play against in the National Hockey League and racked up 1,103 games in the NHL, including three seasons with the Oilers and pride of Prince Albert, Saskatchewan. Shout out Leon Dreisaitl. Can't spell party without PA. Let's go! And on a couple of little notes here, Brad Malone signed to an NHL deal captain of the Bakersfield Condor. So I don't know necessarily if he's going to be in the lineup. He, he, he might be, I'm, but I'm, I'm not entirely certain. And Marcus Niemelein and Philip Roberg called up because, oh yeah, we forgot to mention Zach Cassian as well as um, Duncan Keith were both injured in last night's game. Chris Russell is also on IR again. Big surprise. You have a 30 some odd year old defenseman who to, who to thunk, right? Um, so you, you could see both rookie defensemen in the lineup against the New York Islanders tomorrow. Um, I think we're going to see a lot of youth movement on this team. I think we're probably going to see Cooper Marodi called up. I think we're probably going to see Tyler Benson given a much bigger role. Um, everything that I've seen from Jay Woodcroft in the AHL suggests he's probably going to play a lot of the young guys and trying to get the most offensively out of this team while being just responsible defensively. And I think that's the issue that's been pertaining in Edmonton so far. And I'm looking forward to what's coming. Well, I think what part of what made Woodcroft so successful in Bakersfield is that you look at the numbers and the situations that a lot of these guys were able to play in. So numbers aside, but like Philip Roberg, for example, was putting up good numbers and like was extremely impressive in terms of like his stat line because he was able, he was best defenseman on the team and was able to play in all situations. So when you look at like a pure development angle, that's fantastic. But if that core concept translates into the NHL where he is playing his best players in the best situations possible or all situations possible, we're not going to see situations where fucking Devin Shore is playing third line minutes. We're not yeah. going to be seeing situations where, you know, the top pairing stays nurse and Barry because, you know, they're just the two guys. We are going to be seeing situations where Evan Bouchard is a staple on the power play because that's what's best for the team. That's the smartest decision. We're going to see offensive guys getting opportunities around skill players shout out Tyler Benson. Uh, we're we're going to be seeing players put in advantageous situations to be successful because that's the coaching style that Jay Woodcroft has like demonstrated in the AHL. And I don't see that changing or him straying from that. Um, not to mention Nolan, like there's a lot of guys on this team that I think were just tired of what was going on, tired of the same old shit day in and day out. Um, Q Connor McDavid, Q Leon Dreisaitl. And I think that they're going to be coming out of this with just a bunch of piss and vinegar. 
they came out of the all-star break they got you know to get recharged that competitive fuel back into them because you know that there's there's some chirps going on in the locker room from some of the other all-stars like oh what's going on in Edmonton there boys like uh guys are really just sucking eh so they're coming back from hearing all that shit they've got two losses under their belt they're not stoked new coach coming in the young guys are going to be all fired up like it is all guns a blaze and go time here in Edmonton I think uh the the other thing too is um Jay Woodcroft kind of an analytics guy kind of a data guy I was just gonna say and uh so I think we're gonna see I think we're gonna see like because we've talked about this before Players come to Edmonton and somehow these are players that have really great possession numbers coming onto the team and they enter Dave Tippett's system and it all comes crashing down. So it's exciting. I'm looking forward to it. Ken Holland, his presser today with with the quote that perfectly encapsulates the entire Oilers season. It's been up and down like a toilet seat. Wow. What a guy. Um, Miles, did you have any last things you wanted to say about Jay, Jason Woodcroft and David Manson? Um, shout out to Pastor Dave, who has been a big like Manson family supporter. That sounds sus. Oh my like, god, Dave Manson family supporter. I was gonna say <laughs> as as shout, my mouth, shout like, out Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he's from the PA area, so he has a connection to uh, uh, which is it Josh. Is it Josh? Yeah, he's Josh. got a connection to Josh. He's met uh, new assistant coach Dave Manson a couple of times as well. So I know he's fired up. Um, Dave Manson on the pod? Dave Manson on the pod because of Pastor Dave. It's, Come on, Pastor Dave. Possible. Let's get him on. <laughs> That's no pressure. But no, man, I would sum up uh, today as um, today's word is invigorated. Yeah, I, f- I feel good today. I feel really good. I can't believe it's finally here. And... It's a month too late. Oh, it's far. It's far too late. But you. But you know what? It's not too late. It's never too late. But you know what, Miles? What, Nolan? Two thousand nine Pittsburgh Penguins. They fired their coach midseason. And guess what happened? They wanted to go win the Stanley Cup against Ken Holland's Detroit Red Wings. Yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, twenty sixteen Pittsburgh Penguins. They fired their sorry, yeah, twenty sixteen Pittsburgh Penguins with the Phil Kessel experiment. They fired their head coach, hired Mike Sullivan. Guess what? They went on to win the Stanley Cup. And Mike Sullivan, AHL coach. Forgot to mention that. Same with Dan Belsma, AHL head coach. Craig Brewerbe. I think he was just an assistant. Gets hired by St. Louis when they're last in the league. Guess what? They go on to win the Stanley Cup. Let's go. Let's go. We've been right so far about Evander Kane. Let's see if we're right about the coaches as well. Nolan, is there yes. anything you'd like? Is there anything else you'd like to say, or can we move on to the two bigger topics of discussion uh, throughout the rest of the national? Let's let's talk about them. Let's get them knocked out. <laughs> uh, first topic, and that's funny because uh, Brad Marchand is still a piece of shit. Confirmed per Miles. Uh, he got a six-game suspension for punching and then hitting uh, both in the head, but the second time was hitting him in the head with his stick. Uh, the Penguins all-star goaltender Tristan Jari. So Brad Marchand punched him in the head and then uh, twigged him in the head and got six games. Now, Nolan, uh, I imagine you've seen it. This clip's been all over the place. I have seen it. Um, like, the punch, I mean, is is whatever. Like, he gives him a shot, but... 
punches him in the side of the head there he's caged he's wearing a glove it is what it is um it's it's for me it's the swinging the stick and hitting him in the head like that's just a bonehead stupid decision and i know roughly three four weeks ago i praised brad marchand talked about how good he was and like all these numbers that he puts up and blah 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 talking about how sick he was he was my all-star snub this that and the other thing Uh, and i'm not going back on that because he's an extremely talented player but holy shit how stupid do you have to be when your team is in the position that it is fighting for its you know, proverbial playoff life. Um, your your goalie that just came back, Tuka Rask, good career, Tuka. Sorry to see you go. Is retiring because of a re-aggravated hip injury, and you're the team's best player doing dumb bonehead shit, getting yourself kicked out for six games. Like, come on, man, that's brutal. I I, I use this all the time. Are are we are we surprised with Brad Marchand yet? I because no, I'm not. It's his- it's his eighth suspension. Yeah, absolutely insane. Yeah, the, yeah, the, the guy's still a dirtbag. Uh, hockey bros are gonna be like, "Oh, yeah, that's fucking, that's Marchy, that's Marchy, man." You, uh, you, uh, you may hate him, but you'd love him on your team. I am upset that he got six games. Personally, you, you wanted more. I think you should get more. He's yeah, probably, a multiple-time yeah. offender. Probably should get more. I think anytime. Anytime you get your stick up and like when you watch the video, he's getting like pushed off with the ref. Like the ref has two hands on him and it's like kind of skating him away. And Marshawn deliberately raises his stick and swings it like at head height. Like he knew exactly what he was doing. And if he wasn't as good of a player as he is in the NHL, if he wasn't as much of a draw as he was, if that was a third, fourth line guy, um, I'm, I would be north of 12, I would imagine. Yeah, it, it, you you think he'd get something similar to what Tom Wilson got, but I guess I guess they they probably look at it and say like, because I, I don't I don't think Jari was injured on the play, right? No, he wasn't. But I mean, yeah, if they, that's, they're if probably that, they're probably looking at that, unfortunately. But if that if the delineating factor is injury Ooh, status, that's pr- that's bullshit. Thank you very much. That's complete and utter bullshit. It is, but it's also the NHL. that's that's that that's that's the thing right is like we're we just it's it's fucking stupid i i completely agree with you i just i it just i think that that just goes to show how much i dislike the nhl and its hierarchy in general like it's it's just a poorly run league with poor discipline so uh confirmed i i agree with you though man fuck brad marchand Fuck Brad Marchand until he starts playing crazy again, and then I'm going to be all aboard the hype train. Um, Bruins should be pissed. If I was Pasternak, if I was Pacquiao Special, I would be pretty upset at that as well. But, uh, yeah, is what it is. Again, uh, mentioned it pretty quickly, but Tuka Rask re-aggravated the hip injury and officially announced his retirement from the NHL. Um, he leaves the league with one Vesna, one Stanley Cup as a backup, and one William M. Jennings Trophy. Uh, he's second all time for uh, Bruins shutouts, and I think first all time franchise record for wins. Nolan, your opinion, Hall of Famer, yes or no? Um, he's it's tough, right? Because I don't know, like he's got quite a bit of body. He he has a good body of work, but I do think that like you have to factor in his his actual starting time was about ten years. So it depends. Are we calling a guy that? 
was a legit starter for ten years. Are we gonna fa- or are we gonna call him a a first ballot Hall of Famer? Or sorry, maybe not first ballot, but eventually gets in. I would say the highs are so high that you probably should put him in. And another cool little stat is I think it's minimum three hundred starts. I c- I could be wrong by this, um, but I saw I saw a stat on. Twitter and it was um, the top three in save percentage. I think, like I said, minimum three hundred starts, and it was um, uh, uh, Dominic Hasek, Ken Dryden, and Tuukka Rask. Yeah, probably should get in. Probably I, should. It is a it is a major fucking boner kill though that he uh, <laughs> that like he didn't get to he didn't get to backstop them to a Stanley Cup. Yeah, no, for sure. Two two finals losses, one to the Hawks and then one uh, more recently to the Blues. But yeah, I agree with you. I think inevitably he'll end up or eventually he'll end up in the Hall of Fame. I don't know if he's necessarily a first balloter, but um, was just always a really, really solid goaltender. And I quite like Tukarask. Um, I was sad to see him retire the way that he did because he'd like to see a guy like that go out on his own terms. But uh, yeah, it's Swayman season and, and all mark time in Boston there. So good luck to the Bruins. Um, minus Brad Marchand. Remember when we thought we were getting Tuka Rask? Yeah. Uh, those were the days. <laughs> uh, speaking of... Cries and Oiler. Um, just before we get before we get into the last little bit of news here, Nolan, I, we, I'm, I'm sad we brushed over it as quickly as we did. Um, with this new hire of Jay Woodcroft, does he, what he becomes Nuge's twelfth coach and Connor's seventh? Uh, Connor would be McClellan, uh, Hitch. Hitchcock, Tip fourth, fourth, and then Nuge's twelfth, I think. Yeah, t- uh, Nuge would be Rennie, uh, Kruger. No, yeah, Rennie Kruger, Aikens, um, fucking what was his nuts? Uh, Todd Nelson, Todd McClellan. Hitch, uh, tip, yeah, eight, uh, eighth for eighth for Nuge, eighth for Nuge. I want it. I'm not saying you're wrong, but we got to fact check that. Yeah, I, I, I I'm, because I, I, I saw the, I saw the stat rolling around, and I on on Twitter, and I, I think it was, I think that they were like kind of going hyperbole with it, because I, I don't, I don't think it's as many as, oh, it, as okay. everyone thought it was. Yeah, um. But still, still nuts. Still yeah. nuts. Oh, by the way, also wanted to mention too. Shout out Cammy Granado for being hired yeah. by the Vancouver Canucks. That's that's awesome. Good for Cammy Granado uh, being hired as a assistant general manager. That's we love to see that. Man, Vancouver is building the hell of a little staff over there. Shout well, out to Vancouver, an equal opportunity employer. Shout yeah. out to the Montreal Canadiens because they made a hire themselves. They sure did, Nolan. Uh, the the Montreal Canadiens have hired 2018 Hockey Hall of Fame inductee Martin St. Louis as the franchise. <laughs> the quads are coming to Montreal. Martin St. Louis has been hired as the head coach after the firing of Dominic Ducharme. Take your fucking Grindelwald ass out to Hogwarts, you bitch. <laughs> Sorry, sorry, Dom Ducharme. I'm sure you're a nice guy. Did you? Oh yeah, did, uh, you saw the back and forth between EJ Raddick and uh, 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 Frank Spaghetti Ali, right? Yeah, dude, that was insane. So you know that a move in the NHL is just unprecedented when two insiders start beefing over Twitter, calling each other idiots and and, and unqualified and stuff like that. That was insane. That back and forth was redonk. 
I'm on Frank's side, by the way. Absolutely, we're on Frank's yeah, side. Yeah, Frank is so much cooler than EJ Raddick. EJ Raddick's Straight. a shill for Gary Bettman. We don't need his opinion. Dude, I had to I had I had to Google who he was. I had to read his Twitter bio to even know who that man was. EJ irrelevant. Raddick. Irrelevant. Um, but yes, Nolan. Martin Saint-Louis has now taken over the duties behind the bench for the Montreal Canadiens. Um, what's funny to me, Nolan, summer, I believe it was, Dominic Ducharme uh, signed a three-year deal with the Canadians. Yes, he did. So he's in year one of his contract. And former Montreal Canadian, now two-time former Montreal Canadian coach, Claude Julien, is still getting paid for another year, LOL. So they're paying two guys... <laughs> Keep getting them checks, big fella. Keep getting them checks. I think Julian's getting like 5 million bucks or something like that, too. Like, he's just collecting the bag. Um, Hilarious. But Dominic Ducharme's record as the boss of the Habs was 23, 45, and 16. That's tough, son. Uh, I guess that's what happens when you sign a guy to an extension uh, off of an interim basis when your um, Stanley Cup run is, let's be honest here, extremely lucky. Now, Martin Saint-Louis uh, has no NHL head coaching experience, but as a player, Nolan, he has quite an impressive resume. He won a Stanley Cup in Tampa in 2004. He won the Art Ross Trophy twice, once in 2003-2004, and then once again in 2012-2013 as a New York Ranger. Um, I think that that stat is pretty impressive, and the reason that I included the years, not just for tracking, is because it shows that he won that Art Ross Trophy uh, in two different decades two different yeah. times in the nhl two different leagues one might say so it shows his duality as a player model of a, consistency model of consistency is a six-time nhl all-star and six-time nhl two uh second team all-star he also won a heart trophy in that 2003-2004 season and is a three-time lady bing award what winner. a nerd what a nerd uh sportsmanship so, my ass sportsmanship my ass but man i think I love this hire for Montreal. I think that this is an awesome, awesome move for them. It It, it is a little on the concerning side that he, uh, that he was a peewee coach before he got hired. Hey, who's the guy who just got hired by the dolphins? Oh, Mike McDaniel, Mike McDaniel. He had a quote today about everybody that was beaking him about, you know, the first time coaching. And he's like, Hey, you know what? No one has, uh, has head coaching experience until they get their first job as a head coach. So little concerning Daniel so much little concerning. He was coaching peewee, but like, let's keep in mind here. This is a guy who played a thousand, 1100 games in the NHL. Yeah. He's not like, it's, it's not somebody who hasn't been around. He's obviously was successful as a player was a leader for two separate franchises. uh, And is like, just, he's a smart hockey mind. I think he's a triple goal club member as well. Uh, Yeah, that would make sense. Cause he does have, he does have Olympic gold. So I look at this from the perspective of a guy like Cole Caulfield. You're a small undersized forward who has a lot of offensive upside. Um, You've gotten into a little bit of a sophomore slump and who walks in the door, but like Matin Saint-Louis, like the poster child for giving a shot for of short Kings, but like give this guy a shot and see what he's going to do. And that's exactly what he said in his interview coming into the team. Like he was full of confidence he said, like, admitted, yeah, there's going to be a little bit of a learning curve, but like, I've been, the, I've been uh, counted out my whole life, and all I've needed is one chance. And once I get my chance, I'm going to prove to you that I was the best guy for the jobs. So 
I'm all for it, man. I think I'm glad that they went outside of the box and I'm glad that they got a guy that is like going to be a coach's player. Cause that's what a team that has eight wins this season absolutely needs. Uh, Martin St. Louis, a two-time silver medalist at the world championships. So he's a loser. You should fire him. He's not in the triple gold club. Okay. Sorry. 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 Martin. Man. Martin. He has the biggest thighs I've ever seen in my life. Oh, I don't even want to know what that means. They're fucking thought. juicy. That's like that the uh when when Leonardo DiCaprio was like eating the bear in the Revenant, that was actually Martin St. Louis' leg he was eating. It was that big, 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 big piece of juicy meat. This has gone off uh, the rails. Uh, All right. has, you, you bonk two minute timeout for being horny. <laughs> well, Miles. I think we did it. I think we got through everything. I think we crushed it. It's a quick little crushed. epi. A quick little epi. Quick and dirty, eh? Um, Nolan, next week's agenda, as you mentioned, Friday nights all right for fighting. Get a little Islanders in. Uh, Friday night, the Oilers play against the Islanders. Then San Jose on Valentine's Day and the LA Kings on Tuesday. So there's a new sheriff in town. There's three games coming up. There's a little bit of injury trouble facing them there, Oilers squad. How y'all think they're going to fare? I think they're going to come out gangbusters 3-0, baby. Let's go. They're coming up gangbusters 3-0, baby. Two for two. Um, I uh, I wanted to mention one thing. So what we'll do with regard, because we, we try and record on Mondays. So I think what we're going to do is we'll probably do next week as another like middle of the week recording. We'll get it out on Friday as, as we usually do. Um, and then after that, we'll be back to our recording Monday schedule. And then that way we can kind of kind of get get back into it. Maybe what I do have a conflict next week. Oh yes, right. Okay. Uh, then uh, we will be recording uh, 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 remotely. Uh, Miles is going to speak in. Uh, Miles is going to be speaking to us uh, through a um, through uh, Apple EarPods uh, microphone, not AirPods, the EarPods. So it's the wired one, like the like the white girls talk on fucking TikTok with. That is me. I am white girls on TikTok. Uh, so this is my makeup regiment uh, with Miles Fuchs. Uh, okay, I'll start okay, off with some your- foundation. Here's what I eat in a day. I like to start my breakfast off with some grapes and a big glass of water. <laughs> it's like ASMR, but terrible quality. <laughs> All right, Miles. Um, we, we, got a, we got a couple three and O's this week. I got to get this edited, pumped out for tomorrow morning. But guess what, baby? The Oilers are back. Oilers are back. And for the first time in a long time, I can say this with complete enthusiasm. Go, Oilers, go. Go, Oilers, go. Go, Oilers, go.